Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. I'm Beck. I'm Siri. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey, this is Ashley from Team Serious Tri Club. In tonight's chat, Beck talks about Team Serious Tri Club in 2023, what our team is planning for this season. Also discusses how best to plan your race season with your goals in mind. And that being said, how to choose the right races for you and your goals. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. It says I'm live. So I'm going to introduce myself. If you don't know me, my name is Rebecca Keat. I'm six-time Iron Distance Champion, founder of Team Series Trade Club and Serious Squad. And we're going to talk about a little bit about both tonight. Um, but I'm on here to talk to you guys about pre-season planning, race season planning. Um, we're going to go through how to plan your race season, how to achieve your PRs in 70.3 and Ironman. If you have specific goals, we're going to definitely talk about going sub five hours and what that would take for a 70.3. Um, we're going to talk about how to choose the right races to suit you. We're going to talk about key swim, bike, run workouts coming into season and how we build our training blocks. And we're going to talk about how often you should race, um, if we can have, if we have time to do all this, um, how often you should back up after an Ironman, what your recovery should be, and um, the optimal recovery between races. So if you have questions, any questions, it doesn't have to be about race season or training, but um, preferably triathlon type questions, put them in the chat because um, hopefully we'll have a few people on tonight, some of my Team Serious Tri Club guys and my Serious Squatters. Um, we still have an amazing offer for anybody that is a member or wants to be a member. Um, we have an amazing package that I believe nobody else is doing anything like this. Uh, the value is incredible. You get the general triathlon club membership, which gives you a bonus every single month, which you'll get free training sessions or a free training plan or some sort of um, workout plan each month valued anywhere from $15 to $100, even up to $199. It's $37 a month general membership. So for this ambassador package that we have, um, it's $399. includes a full year membership, which is normally valued at $444. It includes a Team Series Tri Club race kit, which is normally valued at $300. And it includes a premium training plan, which is usually valued at up to $249. So it's about $900 value. Um, and you guys can get it for $3.99. And I think my amazing Becky is probably going to post a link sometime soon. Um, so if you're interested in joining the club and you want to get a tri kit and a training plan, rather than spend $900, um, you get all of that for $3.99. So um, you're saving about $500, $600 right away. Because if you want to buy a tri club kit um, or any sort of race kit for triathlon, um, you're looking at like $300-ish for most of those. So for an extra $99, you're going to get a year's membership access to Siri and I, all your free bonuses each month through the club, all your sponsor discounts and a premium tra training plan, which on its own would be close to 300 anyway. So there you go. Um, I see one comment. Yep. Okay. Becky's put the ambassador link up. I'm going to add it right there. So if you guys are interested, um, that's what you get. So I'll type in what you get. So you get a training plan, uh, premium, uh, $249 normally. You get a year membership, um, which is normally 444 and you get um, a tri-kit, like a race kit. I'll put a race kit. 
race kit. So um, take advantage if you want to, you guys. It's still available. We still have some ambassador packages left um, to give away. To give away. So race kit is normally two ninety nine. So that's like there you go already. You look at that and you're saving like quite a lot of money. And I don't think there's any other clubs offering anything like that. So. There we go. I'm typing it in right now for you guys that can see it, hopefully. So it's, I know there's people joining on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. We have eight people on. Yay. So let me know if you have any questions, you guys. Um, love to answer anything to do with any type of triathlon questions or fitness questions or nutrition questions. But first, I'm going to touch on um, the first topic, which was um, someone asked how to plan their race season. And I've just gone through um, some race season um, preparations with most of my athletes now. We've also gone through goal times, which we're going to talk about today. I think Carrie's joined me. My Carrie, my athlete, she's going to go sub five this year. Um, her best was a 5.30 and we're aiming to go five hours. We're going to tell you how we're going to do that and how we're going to achieve it. Because if you don't hit the numbers in training, you're not going to hit them in a race. So the idea is you have to hit certain numbers in training. So we have those numbers set out and we'll go through that. But planning the race season, um, firstly, if your goal is to just finish a race um, and it's one of your first big races, my my uh, tip to my athletes is that you want to choose a destination race. Um, if it's your first one and you're not really worried about time or qualifying for world champs or podium or anything like that, um, I would say choose a destination race. And, I mean, if you're in Australia, I know there's some Aussies on here, uh, Port Macquarie Ironman or 70.3, uh, Cairns is a beautiful place to go to. So is Western Australia, Bustleton. All, all the events in Australia are really lovely. My favourite would probably be uh, Cairns for destination and uh, Port Macquarie, although the course in Port Macquarie is extremely hard. So destination races in the US or in Canada, I love Mont-Tremblant. Um, Boulder is a good one, but it's extremely hard because it's at altitude and it's a pretty demanding course. Um, and if you've got some destination races that you guys know of that are in beautiful locations, obviously Wanaka in New Zealand is beautiful. Um, and there's obviously some European races there, but if there's any races that you know of that you've done that you love, Austria actually is beautiful as well. Uh, Challenge Roth is a good one. No, I wouldn't call it a destination race, but it's, it's a really well put together race with amazing family feel because it's run by um, Felix and their challenge team. They put on beautiful races and amazing events. So if there's a race that you've loved that is um, – Oh, yeah, I guess Hawaii 70.3, although I don't love racing in lava fields, but Hawaii 70.3 would be a destination race. But if you have a destination race that you've done, put it up because I know there are some races that are definitely um, not calling out Texas or anything like that. There's races that I wouldn't go to that aren't really destination races. So choose a destination race. If it's your first 70.3 Ironman, choose somewhere nice to go where you can bring your family, no pressure, and just to get through it for your first one. Okay, if we are talking about qualifying for a 70.3, World Championships or Hawaii Ironman World Championships, then you have to, and obviously that means that you're uh, either on the podium or close to being on the podium in your age group or you won't qualify. Um, and if you're professional as well, you want to choose a race that um, works to your strengths. So there's races that are obviously downstream swims that are fast, short swims that, um, you know, sometimes and you know, often even the swims cancelled or people don't love that. I, I hated that when that happened, but for swims that are really quick, there's some swims that are uh, swimming with the current. Choose a race that um, will work to your strengths if you're a non-swimmer, um, which wouldn't be a race in open water in ocean, in the ocean, somewhere like Cairns is in the ocean often, and that does not play to a to, the, to someone who is a weak swimmer because swimming in the chop is really, really hard. 
So choose a race that suits you that um, if you're not a strong swimmer. Um, if you're a really, really strong biker, you obviously want to choose a race that's um, hilly or undulating that plays to your strengths if you're strong on the hills. Um, if you're more of a flat rider, you're better on the flat and time trolling on the flats, then choose obviously choose a race that's, you know, flat. Also, heat and cold. If you don't do, if you know you don't do well in the cold and your goal is to qualify for world champs, you're obviously not going to go and race in somewhere that's really cold climate. You want to choose the climate that you think you do well in. Same with heat. If you're not a heat racer or you don't race well in humidity, um, don't choose somewhere like Hawaii because the heat there is usually crazy and the humidity is really high. Same with usually races in Texas during obviously the summer or coming into summer. So you've got to be really smart. Um, Florida is really hot too and humid most of the time because for the races in, in the summer season. So choose a race that uh, is for your strengths, towards your strengths, and pick them wisely. Um, I know some of my athletes also going to look at the start lists from the previous years and see how many they had. There's also more races that have more qualifying spots. Um, I'm trying to think of the one that it was. Now it's a lot of – maybe, Carrie, you know, but, Carrie, you might know the, the race um, – there's a couple that have more spots for women, um, and I can't remember what they are. So if anyone knows, let me know. There are some races this year where I'm in delegated more spots um, for women. So that might be something to think about as well. My athlete, Vanessa, is doing it. I just can't think of which one it was right now. So picking the races is just so important. Pick the races that uh, play to your strengths. Okay. We'll go, we'll pivot a little bit and go to um, the thing as the athlete I'm talking about is on here tonight. We're going to talk about um, Chattanooga has extra female qualifying spots. Thank you, Carrie. I knew you'd know that. Um, and while we've got Carrie on, I'm very excited and I'm glad she's on because we sat down and worked out how she's going to qualify for world champs, what it would take, and then how we're going to get her to it. So Carrie's usually around the 530 mark. We want to get her under sub five this year for a 70.3. Okay, so in order to qualify for world champs, she's probably going to have to hit under five hours. So we sat down and we worked out what we need to hit for the swim, what we need to hit for the bike, and what we need to hit for the run. Okay, so for example, right now her bike time is about 255 and we want to hit around 245. Um, for the swim, her swim's around 40 minutes. We can definitely improve on that. We want to go around 35 minutes. Um, and for the run, we're going to need to go around an hour 40. And I think she's running around – can't quite remember exactly, but it's close to two hours ish. She has not hit her potential on the run. That's with a five minute transition. So that that gets you just under sub five hours. How do you achieve that? So how does anyone achieve sub five hours? So numbers that you want to hit in training, and these are just examples because some of you may be a 40 minute swimmer and then a 230 or 240 minute rider and then, you know, a 150 marathon, half marathoner. So you play around with the numbers and work out, you know, how you're going to get to that five hours, leave at least five minutes for transition, if not more. Um, so we decided we're going to hit, yeah, 35 in the swim, two hours, 45 on the bike and a 140 run to get us under the five hours. So for the swim, what we need to achieve is our goal is to hit 20 100s. And this is really for anyone that wants to hit under the 35 minute mark. We want to be hitting 20 100s nonstop swimming, no equipment coming in on at least 140, if not quicker, and eventually leaving on about a 145, 150 minute cycle, about five to seven seconds rest. So we'll start with doing 20 of them on two minutes, then slowly bringing it down. But you want to be hitting the wall on around 140. That's going to get you to hold 140 in the race, which is going to get you to about a 32 minute swim. Okay, around about that. So your goal would be, you guys, if you want to try and hit 35 minutes or quicker for the swim, you have to be leaving on a 145-minute cycle for 2200s. You have to be able to do that, 150 at the worst, because remember you're tapered, you have a wetsuit, so it's going to be quicker in the race um, 
And open water can be a little faster. Obviously, the wetsuit's faster as well. Okay, for the bike, our goal is to hold at least 3.5 watts per kilo for around an hour. So, for example, if Kerry weighed 60 kilos, we're going to have to hold 60 times 3.5, which is 210 watts for close to an hour. So our FTP is going to have to be a little, little higher than that, maybe 3.6 to 3.8 even. So if she's 60 kilos, which she's not, she's lighter than that, but I'm giving you a round number. So for someone who's 60 kilos, they would have to hold over, um, that's six times three, 180, that's 210. So we'd have to hold like maybe 230 watts or so for an FTP test. So it's pretty easy to work out. If you're hitting around 3.5 watts per kilo for an hour, you're probably going to be able to come in in under two hours, under three hours for sure. Um, if you're hitting around the three watts per kilo, this is very generalized, by the way, guys. Um, you're probably going to be over the three-hour mark. So it all depends on what your goals are. And then for the run, um, one of our benchmarks, there's, there's thousands of benchmarks we could use, but, for example, one of our benchmarks to run under 140 would be doing something like eight one-milers off the bike um, at 8.8 to 8.3 miles per hour. That's pretty doable already for her, but we're probably going to push up more to 8.3 to 8.6 miles per hour. And we're going to do it off the bike because we want to do it as a brick. So under fatigue, because in a race, you're obviously going to be under massive fatigue and you have to learn to run fast off the bike under fatigue. The goal is always to be able to run as fast off the bike as you can fresh. So we'll also do stuff like 23 minuters at, say, 8.6 miles an hour, which is even quicker than what we want, a lot quicker than what we want, probably 30 seconds per mile quicker. If she can do 30, 300s, um, 38 minuters or 20, sorry, 23 minuters um, at above 8.3, about 8.6, then we know that there's no brainer that she could totally run an hour 40. So they're just kind of my benchmarks um, and they're the goals. And if you're obviously going under six hours, it's different. You know, there's ways you can break 12 hours as well. And this is all relative to your weaknesses, whether you're a swimmer, biker or a runner. So some of you might be a 230 biker, and a 130 runner and a, 50, a 45 minute swimmer. But you want to add up your time, work out what you want to hit for the targets for swim, bike, run, and then work out how you're going to get to that in training. And there's so many other benchmarks. I mean, we wanted to be able to do a 2000 time trial um, holding 145. Like that's going to be a goal, like to try and hit that with our wetsuit. So when we hit that, we know. Um, and I will get you there. I have absolute certainty that we're going to hit those numbers by the end of the year. And so we have nearly 12 months to get to that. So we have six months at least to get to that. So it's, it's over a long period of time. And remember, we're already doing the athlete that I'm talking about. We're already doing five hours 30. So it's 30 minutes. It sounds like a lot. But um, and when you're a really conditioned athlete, it probably is a huge jump. But I do believe that we can get there. So if you have questions about time goals or what you need to hold, anything like that, put it up there. Um, okay, next was um, key swim, bike, run workouts. I talked a little bit about that, and I'll use this five-hour benchmark um, as an example. So say your first race is the first week in uh, May or end of April. You're doing, um, say, California or something or Arizona. Um, if you're doing an early season race, you're probably um, within 16 to 20 weeks out. So when we start to get about 16 weeks out, we start to do key bricks. So what the key brick is, it's a race simulation. So I have my guys do one 16 weeks out, 12 weeks out, eight weeks out, and four weeks out. Um, and they're basically race simulations where we're trying to mimic close to the pace we're holding at a race. And as we get closer to the race, we're going harder and faster and doing longer intervals um, and increasing the speed and effort. But we start with a 16-week out brick, which would be kind of around now if you're doing an end of April 
early May race and it changes depending on if you're racing in June, you probably wouldn't start this till obviously 16 weeks out from June, depending on what your key race is. And we build throughout, obviously, knowing what our key target races are. So you might have a 70.3 in an Ironman. You might have a couple of 70.3s you want to focus on. Oh, one thing I want to add is, before I talk about key workouts, is um, between races, oh, actually, we'll talk, that, we'll talk about that after this, but you've got to be very careful with your timing of races. So you're not going to be planning. Ideally, you don't really want to plan an Ironman for your first race. Um, I try to get my guys to do a 70.3 first as a hit out and then the Ironman a little bit later. And it, I try to get them to do more than four weeks apart because anything closer to doing from doing an Ironman to a 70.3, anything closer than four weeks is going to take a long time to recover. And I don't see um, the ability for an athlete to really recover within anything sooner than um, four weeks. So it usually takes at least two weeks um, and four weeks is ideal. So if you're planning to do an Ironman, I don't recommend you doing your 70.3 any closer than four weeks before. Four weeks before is perfect because it could be used as a race simulation. Four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks is also good. But obviously going into season, you're not going to be ready 16 weeks out because you've hopefully had a little bit of a break, but still been ticking it over in the off season. All of you have been doing that. All my guys have been doing that. So, um, so key sessions. So we do a key break 16 weeks out. That might be something like a three-hour ride with some – not too crazy efforts. And when I say race pace efforts, this is the the effort that they could hold if they were racing today, um, if they were racing on that day. So I don't have them trying to hold what their goal race power is or their goal race numbers or speed is. So for someone like Carrie who are aiming for um, the 3.5 watts per kilo, I'm not going to try and have her try and hold that for race pace efforts yet. But we may do something like a build, like a 20-minute build where she builds up to that or six, five minutes where she's holding like shorter distance where she's holding, um, you know, a little lower than what we ha- our FTP goal is. And obviously we're going to do an FTP test. I know I don't talk about numbers a lot, but when I don't see my athletes, we do do a 20 minute FTP just to see where they're at. So I can see their numbers and their cadence and our ideal race cadence is always like 78 to 82, 84 max is where we want to be. That's trial and tested with Siri and Brett Sutton and many top coaches um, of all the top athletes in the world, like anywhere from 78 to 84, depending on your body size and your build. And we've talked about this before. I could touch on that more in another chat, but we'll do the key brick. And then off the bike, there'd be like a three hour bike with a few shorter efforts, not too high intensity um, or something like an hour build at the end of the three hours. So, so two hours easy, an hour build. You could also do where you just include hills and do some climbs and then finish with like a 20-minute sort of time trial build to, to race pace, not complete race pace, coming into obviously four weeks out from the race. You're going to be doing high-intensity, high-race pace efforts and longer intervals. Um, so we start with something like that. They might do turnovers off the bike, like 20 on, 40 off like just 10 times at the most and we'd build up to like 20 times and then um, race pace efforts after that. But it would be something like I would say if uh, turnovers for 10 minutes, 20 on, 40 off, pretty quick for a fast twitch, get your fibers, fast twitch fibers uh, turned on and then like a 30-minute slightly build or something like that. 12 weeks out, it changes to a little bit more intensity and a little bit more intensity in the run. Eight weeks, same thing, a little more intensity, a little bit longer efforts and four weeks out you want to be and obviously you're doing a lot of training in between this you're going to be very close to holding race pace efforts or quicker um, in the four week out brick so 16 weeks out we really start building into it I kind of reverse engineer their training and we start to instead of doing sort of fart like stuff we start to add some more speed um, and some more harder builds um, in the swim bike and the run 
and start to reduce the strength training a little bit, um, start doing a little more maintenance stuff, start to reduce from 16 down to eight weeks out. You want to be reducing the heavy lifting for sure. And by the time you're eight weeks out, I don't recommend doing any really heavy lifting. You should have done all of that in the off season. So you start doing more high intensity. We do three minute efforts um, on the bike and the run um, and some above race pace efforts as well, like leading to into the race, like four weeks out or so. Um, VO2 stuff as well, which is like VO2 max stuff, which is really high intensity, high heart rate to lift your high end aerobic, your aerobic capacity and your VO2. And we start to really be knuckling down that sort of stuff. Um, I always recommend my guys to try and swim in a squad so they can be pushed and be pushed faster than what they would normally swim. Um, so I tried to recommend all of my guys to start going to um, swim squad, although you want to find a squad that's not a master's squad where they just, you know, fluff around and talk after every lap. You want to find a really good squad where they push themselves, which if you're here in Boulder, that's easy because they're everywhere. But if you're in other other areas where there's not a lot of swimming, then you have to rely on the clock. So you want to be looking at numbers. Um, so I can go into more detail. If you have any questions, put them up. Um, but they're like some of the key sessions that we do. Um, some of my favorite swims would probably be the 3100s every Sunday or every Monday. And we'd start with, say, for Kerry, who we're trying to get under the 35-minute mark for the uh, 1.9K, We'll probably start with like 3100s on the 215 cycle, um, some with paddles, pool boy or pool boy band to start with to get her stroke rate up, then some swim them, some paddles. And eventually we wanted to get 2100 swimming with no gear, leaving on 145. But say for this weekend, we might start with something like 30 of them, leaving on two minutes, 15, trying to come in under two minutes, like 150, 155. Um, and build up that they're kind of my go-to swim workouts. The 3100 is a really key session for us. Um, 40 50s flat out like honestly all of them flat out um, on a minute cycle uh, that's another hard one that we do we do stuff like 125s or could start with 2025s um, three fast one easy on like 15 seconds rest um, band only to get the stroke rate up again and um, then we do some paddles and a lot swim so we and eventually build up to I think we end up doing like with Siri 125s which is like um, what's that 50 50s which is uh, 25, 100. So it's only two and a half K worth, but, um, building up to that. And then for the bike, um, my favorite sessions would probably be for a VO2 set would be something like eight minutes worth of, or sorry, four minutes worth of 20 flat out, 10 seconds easy, um, eight times and then four minutes easy and then repeat that. Or even stuff like, um, max power stuff like 37 seconds absolute max power as hard as you can go 330 seconds easy like three minutes 30 easy so it's like a one to eight work rest ratio or something like that um one minute flat out all out max power efforts with three to four minutes easy is another one i love um and then 20 minute time trials which is kind of like an ftp test um the big gear obviously you still want to be doing big gear work um in the time trial bars you guys want to be from four months out you want to be on your time trial bike practicing on your time trial bars and again that link there you guys is for our ambassador deal that we have um and then i'll put the other one back up um for the ambassador deal that we have so check it out because it's yeah it's a very uh let me see um it's a very good deal for anyone that wants to join the club um just click the link and you'll see that someone was asking about it sorry um, I'll go back to the comments so I don't miss anything. Okay, and then some of the run sessions that I love that I think really work, um, 
would be long run with turnovers at the end. Again, the cadence work to get those fast twitch fibers, um, even if you're doing Ironman, which is like 20 minutes worth of 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. Um, another set of my favorite sessions is like, uh, say, 15 three-minuters, one which is like an incline type build where you're doing an incline of like six, eight, ten percent, and then a minute really easy, and then you do a three minutes of like at race pace, and then one minute really easy. Or if you need to rest, you can rest. Um, so it's incline and speed. So it's like we do something like uh, 15 three minuters, which the odd ones are incline and the easy ones. So it's good for undulating courses. The odd ones are an incline, like a gradual incline, increasing incline, like six, eight, ten percent, with a minute either rest stop or recovery, depending on how hard you push and how fit you are. And then every even one is like fast, like it'd be at your race pace. So I used to do them at maybe 10 or 11 miles an hour. Can't do that right now. Never will probably never will be able to again, but something like that. Um, I'll give you a secret session that Brett did with Nicola Spirit before she won the Olympic gold. Uh, won a series key sessions as well. I'm going to give it away right here. Special source right here. It's 40 minutes at, say, about 8 out of 10, so about 85%. So it's 40 minutes. Um, for example, she would do it at 14 kilometres an hour, which is, I think, 8.6, something like that. Um, and then 20 minutes flat out, like as hard as she could go, and she was doing it at about 19 kilometres an hour. So anywhere from 11 to 12 miles an hour. Siri used to do that session as well. So it's an hour session. It's 40 minutes on the throttle at like an uncomfortable pace. So I think for a series, she used to do it at about eight, no, she used to do about nine miles an hour, but then it's 20 minutes at uh, 11 miles an hour, 11 to 12 miles an hour. We did something similar with Siri, which I love 20, 20, 20 build, 20 minutes at say 12 kilometers an hour, 20 minutes at 14 kilometers an hour, 20 minutes at 16 kilometers an hour. That's another one that I actually love to do. And Carrie, you'll see, you'll start to be doing stuff like that as well. So they're kind of my favorites. Eight one milers off the bike, which is eight times a mile at race pace, which was for me at like 10 miles an hour. And I could see, you know, how I do under complete fatigue after like a three hour hard bike or even a five hour hard bike. Um, stuff like that, the milers are really good as well. So there's so many sessions that you guys can do. And we have all of those on our training plans. So I don't see any questions, so I'm going to go to the optimal recovery again, um, talk more a little bit about that. So ideally what I'd like to see is like two half Ironmans. If their goal race is an Ironman, we try to do two half Ironmans throughout the year and then Ironman at the end of the year. I would never do an Ironman to train for an Ironman unless all you're doing is just wanting to participate. Um, so say the ideally your goal is an Ironman at the end of the year, preferably you want to have two half Ironmans or say an Olympic and then a half Ironman before that so you can get all the race nerves out. Um, if you have family commitments or work commitments, you can't do that, that's okay, but make sure you do your key bricks. So do a key brick four weeks out, eight weeks out, 12 weeks out at least uh, where you're simulating your race. So you're simulating the distance, but you're not doing the full distance. I would never recommend doing the full distance of an Ironman in training ever. To train for an Ironman, I probably wouldn't recommend doing the full distance in training for a half either, but you could split it up. Like you could do 90K bike ride. That's not going to hurt you. And 21K runs quite often. But if you are going to try and do a half Ironman in training before an, before a half Ironman race is prep, um, just make sure that you take the recovery afterwards because obviously you're going to be out there for between four and five or six hours. So take the recovery because it does take you a long time to recover um, from something like that. And also 
someone asked about marathons training for the Ironman. We never run marathons in training. And we always get our aerobic conditioning and our conditioning in the legs from the bike and from the bricks. And our longest run is always about two and a half hours max. And even if you're only going to get in, say, let's say 12 miles in that time, which would be, I think that's about 18, 20 K. I don't know that you'd be that slow, but if you're only going to get in, say, 20 kilometers in two and a half hours, and some of you might, don't freak out that, you know, you haven't done the distance of the marathon before a race because, um, I, the longer you, you take a long time to recover from a marathon, a pure marathon. And so a pure marathon is probably going to take you four weeks to recover your heart, your lungs, it increases chance of injury and, uh, it reduces recovery. So you're not going to be able to back up in training. So we never do more than like, honestly, two hours for most of my athletes even, but we get our fitness in the run from running hard off the bike and from doing really high intensity run sessions like the ones I just talked about. So I just don't think you need to run in a marathon in training in order to be able to do a decent marathon off the bike. You can practice it as a brick, do a five or six hour bike, an hour run off. So you're running under fatigue. That's like a six hour session right there. So that's training your body. You're not going to take six hours to run a marathon. So it's training your body to run under fatigue. And remember in, in an Ironman, you're tapered the week before and you're carbo loaded and you're feeling good and you know, everyone struggles the last few kilometers of a marathon. So I just do not recommend at all running a marathon in training. Um, half Ironman's fine, but not not a full marathon. Um, unless you do it as a fun, like say marathon, like you've signed up for one like three months before your Ironman, I would not do one probably any sooner than no closer than eight weeks out from your Ironman, if not more. You do not want to do anything closer than that because, again, the recovery is just so long and you do have to have time off after a marathon because your heart is a muscle, it's bruised, and your ligaments and tendons are all going to be pretty sore as well. So I think that's all I wanted to cover tonight. That's like 30 minutes. Um, if anyone has questions, let me know. I don't see any, but I also wanted to quickly throw in that we are doing a 28-day challenge um, it's called Shreduary, and Becky's going to put the link up. So if you guys are interested in, um, and that's what you get for the ambassador package right there for this link that we put up earlier. Um, if you guys have friends that want to lose weight, want to get fit, want to kickstart their 2023 fitness, but they're a little nervous about doing so, Siri and I, every year we run a fitness challenge. So this is called Shreduary. It's a 28-day challenge, 28 workouts. Um, you have a private WhatsApp group. You get you don't have to be on Facebook to do this, Miss Jennifer Wallace. Um, you don't have to be on Facebook. So you get the PDF sent to you. And there are workouts you can do from home. They're very self-explanatory. There's also video links on the PDF to show you what the workouts are. So we explain them. So each workout that we introduce, we explain what it is. If it's at-home body weight stuff, I show you and demonstrate it to you. There's also a private Facebook group. So you can ask any questions. There's a private WhatsApp group. The most exciting thing for me is that we're also having these amazing experts. So we've just landed Mickey Willardon, who's going to come on and talk about nutrition. Here's a link right here. There we go. Um, and it's $67, you guys. It's $67 to sign up. It's probably valued at over $500. So if any of your friends, I know you triathletes won't want to do it, but if you have friends that really want to kickstart their fitness journey, they work corporate or they're uh, business owners are exhausted, but they really want to still get fit and they don't have time to work out, um, it's called Shreduary. The link's right there. It's workouts every single day from home, 15, 20 minutes. Siri and I, as your personal coaches, a private WhatsApp group, um, a private Facebook group, live workouts. Um, as I said, we have an expert nutritionist called Mickey Willard and coming on. We also have an expert nutritionist called um, Kristen Kirkpatrick, who works with 
um, Dr. Oz coming on. We have Hugh Darnell from Australia, one of the top strength conditioning coaches. We have Ruth Keat, who is my mum, expert in menopause. We have Siri talking mindset, how to get you through this. She's coming on as a key expert. So they're giving their time to us um, throughout these four weeks. So you still got three weeks to sign up. So please, if you don't want to sign up, just share it. I understand triathletes may not want to do this, but share it with your friends because um, it's awesome. And we've had so many amazing results. I know Annette's on here. Annette can vouch for that. Annette um, was on, had high cholesterol. Um, she did our 28-day challenge. She's now in series squad. She's off her diabetes tablet. She's no more, no more diabetic. She's not a diabetic anymore. Um, Karen Peterson is another amazing example. She lost, she's lost over 40 pounds. I think it's more than that, might be 50 or 60 now. Um, she ran her first 5K and now has done a half marathon and won her age group in a duathlon. Uh, we have people that were in wheelchairs and had walking frames that are now walking pain-free. We've had uh, just unbelievable results. Uh, people off their pain meds, um, antidepressants. So it's totally worthwhile. So please, please check it out. Send it to your friends. Um, yes, Annette Miller is saying here, I'm off my blood pressure meds, lost 30 pounds and doing a half marathon in two weeks. Boom. How freaking amazing is that? Yes, we are doing Miami Marathon and Miami Half Marathon. 29th of January, she is one of the many disciples that is joining us um, from Sirius Squad. And that is just a perfect example of some of the awesome achievements that started with this very shredgerary 28-day Kickstarter challenge. So it's all little workouts from home, no equipment needed, you guys. So if you've got a friend that you think could, could really do with this and needs the help, please send them this link. You can actually just go to www.siriussquad.com too. So um, I'll type that in as well so you have it because we have uh, pointed URL there too. Hopefully this works, Becky. Um, there we go. So check it out. Send it to your friends. Um, you can also go here. Hopefully this still works, seriousquad.com, and you'll be redirected. So easy to remember. Copy it, paste it, send it to friends. Um, I don't see any questions, so I'm going to say good night now. But uh, we'll be on again in about a month's time. If you want to join our club, don't forget the ambassador package is saves you over $700 with a tri-kit, a premium plan, and a year's membership. Still available. So check that out too. All right. If you have any specific questions, just DM me. But um, thank you, everybody. Uh, so great to have you all on. And, um, yeah, as I said, reach out if you have any more questions. Thanks for being on. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Beck and Series Show. Be brave, be you, shine on.